Welcome to another edition of Market Impact Insights, your podcast source for business leadership perspectives to help your business grow. Hear from experts in marketing, sales, business strategy, and more with practical advice for business success. Make sure you won't miss the latest episodes by visiting marketimpactnow.com. Now, here's your host, Dan Albaum. Welcome back, everyone, to another incredible Market Impact Insights episode. And we are truly in unprecedented times. All the disruption of the past year with the pandemic, all of the pivoting, all of the challenges that businesses have faced. But interesting to note, even with all that, in 2020, there were 4.4 million new businesses that were started. That was up 27% year over year, and that actually reached a 10-year high. So even with all of the challenges, innovation, new business startups, a lot of activity out there. But when you look at new businesses, some really interesting research around what happens when you start a business uh, and you start headed down that growth path, 80% of businesses survive the first year, but by the fifth year, that drops to 56%. And in other research, there's a whole shift going on in terms of the nature of the workforce. How are these small businesses finding the people to really fuel their growth? And in 2020, 36%, that's more than a third of workers were freelancers. And that's expected to grow to 42% by the end of 2021. So this, this idea of flexible workforce is definitely coming into play. And more than a third, again, 36% of startup CEOs expect their employees to work remotely by the beginning of 2022. So that's not changing. That's just continuing to grow. And then the ultimate success factor for businesses is do they have the capital to invest and to keep themselves um, on the growth track? And Research shows that 37% of startups fail because they run out of capital. So finances becomes a very critical element. So how do new businesses help increase their odds of success? Well, I'm excited uh, with our guest, Peter Burghardt today, who's executive director of The Battery, to talk about what's happening in the startup community and something really exciting that's going on in terms of guidance and counsel and wisdom and all the supports that a entrepreneur needs that they are getting from organizations like the Battery that are intelligent incubators that are providing all the sort of strategic guidance that help these new businesses not only survive, but to thrive. Now, a little bit about the Battery and Peter. The Battery is a Bay Area-based incubator for seed stage startups that are poised for rapid growth. And they were founded by 50, that's right, 50 veteran investor advisors, and they're providing the insights, the ideas, the networking that these business owners needs. And the primary focus of the program is to offer just-in-time mentoring that help the startups succeed. These are experienced business people, successful track records of leading, advising, and investing in startups across so many industries and different functional areas. So they bring that wealth of experience. And I can't wait to talk to Peter about what this dynamic means for continuing to fuel successful 
innovation. And Peter's no uh, new entry into this kind of world. He has more than 10 years of experience in advising startups and brings a wealth of different business experience from business modeling and roadmap development to financial analysis and forecasting, life cycle project management, market research, new business development, fundraising, that's always key, staff, uh, organizational strategy, and restructuring, uh, key performance indicators, creation. So Peter and his team are bringing all of these um, insights and to help these entrepreneurs succeed. So Peter, with that as a backdrop, I can't wait to get in and talk about all the dynamic and exciting things that are happening out in the world of startups. So welcome to Market Impact Insights. Thanks, Dan. Really great to be here. Thanks for having me. So I want to start with a a bit of a personal story. So uh, my understanding is you had a very interesting path leading to your current role now as this advisor uh, for uh, business uh, innovators and and this whole mentoring that you're providing. Can you share your personal story? How did you get to where you are now? Sure. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit of an odd duck story. And I think you find that in the startup space, you know, uh, a lot of people bring pretty diverse backgrounds to uh, how they got here. But, you know, my personal story is a little bit unique uh, in the fact that, you know, uh, starting back in undergrad, uh, started studying uh, creative writing, in particular poetry, Uh, followed that for a while. After college, spent a lot of my time, I did work in marketing, but I was spending a lot of my time working inside of different creative communities, doing publishing um, and uh, writing poetry and playing music. Uh, Ended up following that interest to grad school uh, at St. Mary's College uh, of California over in the Bay Area, which is how I landed there. Uh, Studied with some fantastic professors there, got my MFA. And from there, like a lot of, I I think, uh, folks with um, Masters of Fine Arts, I was thinking, well, what do I do now? Um, And out of that community, I had the opportunity to land at an old institution. Um, It was basically a bookstore, publisher, community gathering place in Berkeley that had been in business for 40 years. And like a lot of businesses like that, uh, when I got there, they were struggling. Uh, This is, you know, of course, after... Uh, the emergence of Amazon and a lot more online competition, and this was a this was a, a bookstore and 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 publisher and imprint that had been focusing on scholarly work, and so you know uh, I ended up just coming in there as a, a events coordinator right after graduate school. Quickly uh, worked my way up uh, to be a manager, trying to come up with new business initiatives, and sort of just thought, well. The, you know, this this uh, this place doesn't have enough money. Why don't I go out and raise some uh, some capital from some investors? And uh, it was an interesting and kind of serendipitous road that that took me on towards working with startups. So um, inside of the events that I was running at the time, there was a, a writing workshop series uh, that we held at the space. And um, I brought in, you know, different individuals and ended up connecting with this guy, David Kane. Uh, David is also a poet, uh, also had a master's in fine arts, but he uh, came from an executive background in startups uh, and had worked with Oracle, other larger groups like that. And, uh, you know, out of the blue, uh, he sort of got involved. We met each other through writing, got to know each other there and, and sort of clicked. 
And he offered uh, to come into the bookstore as an investor. And when he did that, he didn't just bring his capital, he brought other people uh, to the table to both uh, invest um, in, in, in the business, uh, but also to help me learn about how to do a business turnaround. So, you know, one of the turning points, I think, in my career, uh, probably the biggest turning point is that he brought in uh, a um, Curtis Studnick, who had uh, also helped set up the battery later on, uh, who had been a, you know, a Fortune 500 turnaround CFO, sort of took me under his wing, taught me how to, you know, really get down to the nuts and bolts of the business, how to look at margins, how to look at where we were ordering from, how the, how stock cycled, uh, how um, distribution worked, where we were losing money on returns or shredding products or uh, how to maximize, um, you know, even inventory that wasn't moving. Um, so walked through with him and with David and some of these other investors, a year-long turnaround project there, uh, took the business back uh, into the black. And, um, you know, at that point, you know, it, it had sort of been like an awakening for me, I would say. Um, I had no idea before that that I was really interested in business. Uh, all of this had been so exciting. I learned that I had a real passion for, you know, doing financial modeling and really understanding how things work and uh, leading those businesses forward. And so from there, you know, that was really my launch pad into uh, working with other startups uh, and getting involved um, in, in the business world. And eventually that was my path uh, to the battery where a lot of the key players who had helped me at the bookstore were launching the business at the time. Wow, what a great story. And you talked a little bit about some people that helped you along the way. Could you talk a little bit more about where you found your source of inspiration and maybe some of the specific mentoring that uh, allowed you to really uh, reach a point now where you're able to help so many others? Sure. Well, I think that, you know, uh, there's been a few people in particular for sure, but I think that one of the real benefits of the battery, having this community of you know, high experience, high accomplishment individuals is that I've been able to, through osmosis, get so much uh, from them. They, they mentor our startups, but it's also been, you know, phenomenal to work side by side with them and, and, and gain insights from the way that they think and the, the way they work with people. You know, I mentioned already David Kane, and I think that, you know, there are people in your life uh, and in your professional life who they're sort of like the before you met them and the after you met them and, you know, definitely meeting David was like that catalytic moment that opened me up to a whole new world and really set me on the path that I'm walking down now. Um, and it's been really great because not only do David and I uh, share these business interests. So David is a product executive. Um, uh, he works with a large educational technology company. Now he's taught me a lot about how to, you know, understand uh, product, how to get products into market, how to think about market fit. So, you know, extremely useful stuff um, that I'm really passionate about when I help these startups. Uh, but um, it, we also share, I think that personal connection because we met also through our mutual creative pursuits. And, you know, there's probably, I'm sure I'm not the only one, and David isn't isn't one of the only other ones. There, there's got to be other closet poets, and you know I know there's <laughs> musicians and things like that out there in the Silicon Valley uh, broader uh, technology ecosystem. But you know it's a handful, and so to have to have that kind of synergy and to have been able to work with him now for you know coming up on a decade has really been phenomenal, and I've 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 learned so much from him. 
Um, Kurt, who I mentioned, uh, has been really a true mentor to me. Um, he was my first real business mentor. I was just on the phone with him yesterday, uh, talking through someone. He's, you know, one of those people who is um, always, uh, I think, there for you. I think that's really important to a lot of folks as they're coming up is you get these people who almost become like family uh, because as you're working through things, they bring that, that um, that I, that sort of, you know, that, that third person perspective, uh, and they can, they can help, help you see things from outside your own mm-hmm. kind of little, yep. uh, you know, point that you're looking at. And that's been really great. And of course, Kurt as a CFO has taught me a lot, um, about, uh, digging into the financials. How do you, you know, first off, you know, not only do you have, how do you put together the spreadsheets and how do you form your assumptions, but why is it important to be uh, forming a set of assumptions in the long term, especially in startups? I get this from, um, you know, some of our founders all the time. Why do I need to be making long term assumptions? We know that in a year the business is going to be completely different than what we think it is now. And, you know, uh, Kurt really helped me understand that this is sort of the uh, this is this is sort of the the game Uh almost a war game with, with the startups is you have to, you have to really think about, um, you know, it's not that you have a crystal ball and are seeing the future, but you have to demonstrate that you can anticipate what the likely things are so that when certain things pop up and you have to pivot, um, you know, you have thought through what the, what the possible options might be, or you have a basis of comparison from where you thought you might go as to where you're headed now. And that's been invaluable as I've worked with the battery, with other businesses that I've worked with, really getting that insight. And then the other thing that I think he really taught me, which sort of comes back to that point, and I think it's a really core um, piece of information, especially as you work with startups as an advisor and as a mentor uh, in a community of other mentors and advisors. You know, one of the, uh, when I was doing my first turnaround project, you know, the the books were a mess and there was so much about the business that we wanted to overhaul, big changes. Um, and, and some of that was stuff that people were, were really enthusiastic about. Some of it was stuff that uh, I got a lot of pushback on. And, uh, you know, being young and feeling like I had it all figured out, I thought, you know, I'm right. I got to push this through. And, and Kurt was the one who taught me that early lesson that no matter how certain you are, that you are 100% right. You always have to entertain the possibility that the other person might be right. And that really, I think, roots you in a respect for other ideas, a curiosity for how um, you work with other people. And, you know, um, again, I, I'm a big believer in, in, in being able to approach a problem from multiple sides. Uh, and it might be that you, that, that you are right and that you have to follow that path but even making people heard in that space is, has been so, I think, uh, uh, fundamental. And then there's been a lot of other folks. You know, um, I, I could go on because um, you know it's it's been a really interesting path. But I, I would say that you know David and, and Kurt were were sort of the the two big early early ones. Yeah, yeah, and some great examples too of lessons learned, and especially the always, always have that humbleness to be able to step back from your own perspective and confidence, you know, to make sure that you're considering uh, other points of view. So um, definitely can relate to that even in my own uh, experience uh, in marketing. So 
uh, let's shift and talk a little bit more about the battery. So there is no shortage of investment capital that's out there. If I'm a new business uh, and, and I'm seeking that investment venture capital, there, there seems so many options out there. But what makes the battery different in terms of how you're helping the startup succeed? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that the battery, and I talk a lot about this with the startups um, as we go through our screening process, because you're right. And I mean, and the landscape has changed enormously since the battery sort of first started working with startups back in 2015, um, because now there's so many programs out there, so many options, um, and everyone has a different approach. I think that what makes the battery unique as opposed to, you know, a lot of other programs um, are applying a process that they believe works. And for a lot of startups, this process works really well. But it looks oftentimes like, you know, uh, you come into the program and you uh, digest this curriculum. Uh, you get uh, touched by these mentors uh, who uh, and you get access to these partnerships. And then you roll off into your demo day. And you get spit out into the world from there. Uh, and, you know, there's different combinations of different resources and, and, and opportunities that, that kind of percolate uh, through those processes. Um, but it's sort of an assembly line approach. What the battery does is kind of reverse engineers that. Uh, it starts with the community of the investor advisors that we've curated. Each one of our investor advisors is a little bit different than a lot of the mentors that are in other programs. They're actually partners in the battery itself. And to become a partner in the battery in the business, they have to uh, write a pretty significant size check. Uh, and the reason for that uh, is twofold. The first is that we want to make sure that all of our investor advisors <clears throat> have uh, skin in the game. Uh, for uh, making sure that our startups succeed. Basically, they've got this money in the business. If the startups don't go out there and accomplish great, great things, they're going to lose that money and they're not going to be very happy about that. So they, they really have an incentive to put their shoulder to the wheel. And then the second thing is uh, that we want to make sure that they're all accredited investors who are willing to write a check, you know, writing that, that early check. All of our startups are also seeking capital and they become the investment community uh, through which funding is achieved for our startups. So, you know, with that um, with that basis in place, we provide, I think, a little bit more of a boutique, um, uh, high-touch uh, ecosystem for the startups uh, to move forward in. We do have a, a program and a curriculum, and we do have resources and partnerships and things like that. But really, our differentiator is that when a startup comes in, we're going to start by trying to match them with some of the investor advisors in the community. And our goal is not just going to be to polish up their pitch, uh, to uh, infuse some capital, uh, and to see if they sink or swim. Swim. We're going to try and do some pretty hands-on work, um, whether it is developing their technologies, uh, working with them through our sort of network of networks, all the different networks that the uh, investor advisors bring to the table, to identify uh, customers, you know, mm -hmm. other advisors who might add value to their startups, um, employees uh, who fill gaps in the organization. Uh, and so, you know, I, I guess in a nutshell, um, the investor advisors really seek to work with the startups on the one or two things in a really hands-on way that are particular to that startup that's going to move them to the next level. And then we try and fill in, of course, with the program and things like that, sort of everything else, the, the startup 101 that every startup needs to know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, some meaningful difference there. And 
at the top of the podcast, I mentioned the millions of new businesses that were started, even in a year of uh, so much change with the pandemic. And I know that you've recently said that now actually is a very good time to be a startup, even with all of uh, the challenges and the unknowns. Can you elaborate a little bit more about what makes today such a great time to be a startup? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So, and and I think that's a really great question. Um, you know, some of it, I think, definitely um, to a certain degree. <clears throat> so, first off, you know, we are experiencing a difficult time. We've got, uh, you know, uncertain um, uh, economic situations. We've got the pandemic, of course, climate change. Uh, we have a, a crisis of wellness, um, and uh, all of this is 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 really really difficult in general. Um, but I think that you know it also creates an opportunity for resilient solutions uh, that can really help build the world um, uh, in a meaningful way. Uh, can kind of emerge, uh, and, and it, it does create opportunities for businesses in those space. Our last application cycle was uh, we had more startups apply than we've ever had before. So, you know, just anecdotally from there, I, I'm seeing a lot of new businesses formed. And as we uh, work with companies, I think that we're, we're we're looking to work with technologies that give people and organizations resilience in their daily lives and business operations. And for those type of solutions, I think we're not alone. I think that, you know, uh, in spite of all of these kind of underlying difficulties, we're seeing tremendous activity in the venture capital space. There was a, there was a freeze for some of the bigger firms uh, when <clears throat> COVID first came around. But now we're seeing a lot of, uh, a, a lot of activity um, at even greater uh, levels than there were pre-pandemic. Uh, same for some of the angel groups. For example, the battery, the idea for the battery initially came from some of the investors out of the Sandhill Angel Group. And um, I was recently told that, you know, in the last year, uh, they've placed a record amount of capital uh, in startups. And so, you know, we have these needs right now. Uh, there's there's so much that needs to be accomplished out there. And for um, hungry entrepreneurs who have a good idea, who can make an impact um, I think there's a lot of people who want to support them and bring those projects forward. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a real dynamic. And, you know, you could argue that the challenges that a pandemic uh, bring actually can be a motivator. It's inspiring people to have to take stock, step back, reevaluate, right? Uh, yep. Based on the macro environment. So that actually, in, in an interesting way, becomes this, you know, motivator to actually mm -hmm. start a whole new venture. So we're seeing that cycle Definitely. And I'd like to, to ask you about your experience working with these different uh, startups, with the entrepreneurs behind the startups. What, based on your experience, are some of the key ingredients for the startups that actually succeed, right? What is that, that special sauce that seems to uh, really ensure that they're able to make it? Yeah, totally. Um <clears throat> well, it's something that we've really tried to hone in on over the years as, um, as, as we've gone through the way we select. When the battery first started, the criteria for getting into the battery was pretty straightforward. Did the business 
have some indication of market fit and was the market size big enough to produce a significant investment return and was it in an area where we felt we had you know investor advisors uh, with networks that could you know assist the startup and that worked well in some cases but you know what it left out was really the human element and I think over the years we have really come to wait who is the who the team is who the founder is um, you know, you can take uh, uh, an A founder, and, and by an A founder, I mean, you know, someone who is uh, high character, uh, who demonstrates um, grit and determination, who's coachable, uh, who's trustworthy. Um, all of these characteristics, I, I find, um, are uh, characteristics that our successful founding teams have. And um, I think it's what sets those businesses apart. You can take that A founder, and even if their idea isn't there yet, it's a B idea. You know, if they're coachable and if they're smart and if they're hardworking, um, you can work with them to identify what the what the A idea is. But we've learned over time, even an A idea with a B founder, uh, you know, it, 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 that dog won't hunt, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, there's not a lot you can do about that, and so. We're really, and and I think it also comes back to the way we run our ecosystem where we're working really closely with these founders. And so we're really getting a good idea of who they are and how they respond uh, to the investor advisors. You know, it's kind of an interesting way to put them in the shallow end of the pool and pressure test them uh, before sending them out into the real world. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And we hear all the time about how important the, quote, business fundamentals are right, to any successful business. But we also know that culture is a very powerful thing inside of successful organizations. So from your perspective, Peter, uh, what is the importance of culture that, that you've seen that has made a difference for these companies that are, are going through this rapid growth cycle? Yeah, totally. So, you know, culture starts early. You know, it might be you and your co-founder and your dog, uh, you know, who are on the founding team. Uh, and um, we work on this quite a bit with our uh, entrepreneurs. We have, we're really lucky. Um, one of our investor advisors, another person who's been a, a, a big mentor to me, Andre Carruthers, uh, comes out of um, leadership development and team building and, and, and culture development. Um, so we work with them through uh, a roundtable called Mastering Relationships, where we try and teach them uh, some of the fundamentals on this. But you know, um, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of buzzwords and there's there's a lot of um, approaches that you can take to developing that culture. But the, the trick is kind of to set it and to enshrine it early on to make sure that it jives with uh, the direction of the company, with the ethos of the company, that it creates um, an atmosphere. Uh, conducive to collaboration, um, you know, some of what we were talking about earlier, allowing thoughts to percolate up and making people feel valued. Uh, and um, by setting that early on, not only are you starting off um, on, a, on a strong path, uh, and but, you know, you also create this kind of living document uh, and this, th- this living handshake that as the organization grows, it's just natural that people come in, that they adopt, and that if something does go askew, you know, you can point back to it. And it, I think it really helps uh, companies 
uh, stay on track, uh, especially because a lot of times with these early stage startups, it's like you start out and you're like, oh, geez, it's it's just us. We're burning capital. We don't have investment. Then they get a little bit of money and it's okay. We got to push. And then all of a sudden, if they're successful, the, the business explodes. And so like you said, having having these foundations uh, set ahead of time is so much uh, more advantageous than trying to come back and, and play catch up later on. Yeah. And you said something in there that was really powerful. And that is in times of challenge, you know, having an established clear culture becomes this anchor point to reference back to. So it becomes this kind of guiding navigational uh, element, right. To uh, really uh, go through the different inevitable cycles that every young business has. So um, that is so true. And I'd like to talk to you a little bit about, uh, you mentioned the screening process, for the battery, when you're making a decision on uh, formally starting to work with an entrepreneur and, and a new startup, is, is that something that it, it's a light bulb moment where there's just this, oh, yes, we just know there's a great fit here. Let's move forward. Or is it something sometimes that develops over time more gradual? How, how does that dynamic work to know that there's that great fit and it's time to start working with them? Yeah, Totally. Um, so, you know, I personally, cause I do like to be involved. Uh, we have a, we have a two stage interview process, uh, that comes after we do our initial screening and things like that. And I like to be on at least one of the calls with each of the startups, um, <clears throat> so that I can get a feel through the, through the years I've, I've, I've spoken to personally just for the battery, you know, thousands of startups and, it's a mix of a defined process that we um, try and use to make sure that all the elements that we're looking for are there. And really, I think also a gut feeling that, that relates back to some of the points um, about what we're looking for in the founders. Uh, um. And so when I'm speaking with a startup, it starts, I think, with, with that gut feel. Like, as I'm talking to this person, does it seem like they're engaged? Does it seem like they're listening to the questions? We throw a couple... Tr- you know, trick questions in there and, and, and sort of see how they, how, how they feel those. Are they agile? Are they smart? Do they get flustered? Um, but then, you know, we also apply this multi-stage process uh, to, to kind of make sure that they fit into the community. Since we don't have a defined vertical, but we do want to bring in startups that we can, you know, that we have a really strong intuition that we can help move forward. A lot of that comes down to how do they fit in with the community of investor advisors? So I have an admissions team uh, composed of five uh, of the investor advisors, along with my colleague, uh, Meryl, uh, who's our sales and marketing coordinator. And we'll make sure that they speak any, any, serious prospect uh, is speaking to at least a couple of the investor advisors. Mm-hmm. And the goal is there, you know, between uh, three or four of us talking to any given startup, we know who all the players in the battery are. We all have different angles that we can see their business from. We can get a sense of, you know, who, who, who based on our past experience might they really click with? Who might really be able to move them forward? Do we feel that there's a real, you know, potential business here? Do we feel that the the business might scale. And at the end of the day, is this a founder that, um, you know, for me as executive director, I have a little bit of a two-sided marketplace. I've got the clients who are the startups who I have to serve by helping them achieve their goals. But the investor advisors are there because, you know, first off, all of them have a strong interest in helping these startups uh, as, a, as a give back um, 
uh, and, and mentorship-based component of their interest. Uh, but they're also looking for a, an unfair investment inv- advantage, um, which is uh, to get a sense of, you know, who these startups really are, um, and then placing investments based on that information and comparing notes with the other investor advisors. So a lot of it comes down to uh, community fit, making sure that both sides of that market are uh, going to be happy. Yeah, very thorough, and it makes a lot of sense. So when you look to the future, Peter, and you think about uh, the world of startups uh, and the opportunity for the startups, what makes you optimistic? Yeah, well, obviously we're living in, I think, unprecedented times and unprecedented times, as we talked about earlier, are going to need new solutions. Um, And I think that there are uh, so many smart founders out there um, who are uh, rotating on these ideas uh, that are going to bring so much uh, um, value forward um, over the over the next years and decades, uh, but you know I'm also seeing changes I think in the in the ecosystem at large that make me excited. Uh, you know, if you look back even ten years ago, um, there's so many more opportunities for you know whether it's your first ten to twenty five thousand dollars checks uh, to get your you know your, your MVP built and 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 start to 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 move towards proof of concept up through opportunities for seed stage funding. There's so much more support in infrastructure for startups. You know, not to mention all the the um, programs that have emerged uh, from um, you know, for example, uh, AWS Activate, which provides um, credits for startups to to host their solutions so that they can get off the ground, or HubSpot, or these these big organizations that are really um, trying to to develop startups uh, and build them into the businesses of tomorrow. There's just so much more there to support you than there has been in the past. And I think the challenge of this uh, on the flip side is that there's, of course, a lot more noise. Um, It can be a little bit overwhelming for the startups. Uh, And so the trick is to really, you know, just like the battery, I think from the startup's perspective, to really try and hone in on where you want to go and who you want to work with. Uh, and once you figure that out, if you are following your vision, uh, you're going to find people to to support you along the way. Yeah, definitely a lot to feel good about and, and feel optimistic about. And so as we wrap up our conversation, Peter, any other final advice you'd have for business leaders that are seeking sustainable business growth? Yeah. So, you know, I think that first off, um, no matter how hard you think it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit harder. So you have to buckle up. Uh, but the good news is, like I said, there's a lot of folks who uh, are there to support you. Be curious, work hard, uh, stay open to new opportunities, You know, put yourself out there. That's the number one thing. I've seen a lot of startups uh, with great ideas, but they just aren't pounding the pavement hard enough. Uh, go out there, do your pitch competitions, um, uh, form connections with mentors, uh, look to where your network um, can connect you to that's going to help you get to that next step. And then as you as you build, keep in mind a lot of the stuff that we, we talked about today. Build your culture from the ground up. Uh, make sure that you're thinking about the long term. It's so, so easy to get lost uh, in the the sort of, you know, drinking from the fire hose of, of the everyday uh, tasks that you have to do. Stay focused on the vision. As long as you are following that North Star 
and you are working really hard, um, you know, chances are that uh, you will find that market fit, that you'll find those people who make a difference and you will uh, go out there and accomplish what you seek to do. Yeah, some great counsel there. So, Peter, thanks again for taking the time to share your experience in working with successful startups and sharing how the battery is really making a difference in continuing to fuel uh, that innovation and, and the fire and, and the passion about creating and translating new ideas into successful businesses. So thanks again for joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Dan. And a reminder to all of you listening to please give us the gift of feedback. Go out. If you like this podcast, go and rate and review. Give us that feedback. It's really easy to do on Apple Podcast. And as always, make sure to check out marketimpactnow.com for the latest in business leadership perspectives. So long until next time.